A beast runs from the sea. It's not in the bathroom.
Hello and welcome to Minoru Metal. I am your host, Jethro, joined by my cat, Noah. Tonight, I thought I would do a tribute episode, a special, specifically for the one and only Antester. I know that maybe not everyone likes them, but I thought what the heck I'd do this anyways. They've been my favorite for some time now, for many years. I know that they've started to pick up in uh, perhaps underground fame. A lot of people beginning to like them more and more. But they have been around for 26 years now. Some sources indicate that they may have begun in 1989 under the name Crush Evil. But uh, there are a few citations to back this up. So 1990 is probably the best year to go with. They did begin as Crush Evil, but shortly changed to Antesta, which is, uh, in my opinion, a much better name. That was a track called Jesus Saves off their very first 1991 demo, The Defeat of Satan. And we are about to listen to a little bit more of that demo with the title track up next. Enjoy. Thank you. 
were really one of the first of their kind, especially in Norway, which uh, caused a lot of controversy over them. Uh, people like uh, Bart Faust from Emperor and obviously Euronymous from Mayhem were not too keen on Intesta's existence and wrote openly in a design called uh, Arkestas. I'm not sure I'm saying that right, but it was a Norwegian design based on obviously all the black metal there and the death metal there. And uh, basically, both Euronymous and Bart Forst wrote uh, an open death threat to Antesto in the Zion. And one can speculate quite easily that these death threats must have been serious, considering the incident between Euronymous and Varg Vickerness. Uh, according to the Metal Archives, Varg Vickerness is also supposed to have given Antesto death threats but uh, I do find that Metal Archives is a much less thorough source as I, I can personally edit it quite easily and uh, whereas other sources like Wikipedia, although usually shunned, uh, have citations that you can double check to see their authenticity. So I, I do believe in fact it is quite truthful and relevant that it was only forced in Euronymous and perhaps not Varg Vickerness. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. 
he does speak some outright things. Quite recently, I'm sure a lot of you noticed that uh, Wagner spoke against Euronymous again, and uh, that was in Metal Injection or Metal Sucks that debuted that article. But anyways, moving on, as Antesta did, no death threat stopped him. One reason why I will definitely respect the band is that in the face of threats, violence, they have continued on, whereas many Christians, perhaps not, no, I can't say they are not authentic Christians, just because you run away from threats and violence. But uh, a lot of people talking down on metal, saying that they cannot be Christian metal. Perhaps they have not survived serious death threats and mobs and what have you. Anyways, though, moving on, we are looking into the next demo, the next era of Antester, the Despair demo of 1993. And in 1993, Antester started moving their style a little bit further away from the, the typical death doom that they had and started introducing some clean vocals with Jehul Molnes or otherwise known as Martyr and uh, here is a taste of that
when I say that they were moving away from their death doom style, I don't mean that that wasn't death doom. There was still a very thick death doom influence. In fact, the clean vocals are more akin to traditional doom, but they were evolving and building on their style. The following year, Antesta recorded their very first full length, which is Martyrium, which is quite an influential album. Even in the secular world, it did actually build on new things. They were the first extreme metal band to use female clean vocals in the way that they did. And by that I mean like the operatic style, the gothic style, in a sense. And they were the first band to combine four genres, which may be uh, less recognized than the female vocal thing. But it was death metal, doom metal, black metal, and gothic metal all put into one. This is uh, one of the reasons why they are debated if they are really the first Christian black metal band. Personally, we will get to the question later of Christian black metal, should Christianity be termed into a genre name. As I did state in my previous show, that will be an outside give later. But another thing, I do think that they were not the first black metal band that was Christian. I think that Vermouth may have beaten them. But that remains to be seen as Vermouth has uh, less record of it than most. So it's between three bands, Vermouth, Port and Antester. Perhaps I should answer that sometime. Anywho, they did look into an American-based label called Morphium Records to uh, put out Martyrium. Uh, Morphine Records did put out a limited quantity, but it wasn't really a proper release. And it may have been even delayed from the original time that they recorded it in. I am under the impression that the album was pirated and uh, spread in, I guess, illegal ways. And that's how Antester gained notoriety through that album. Because I, I do believe the very first proper release that they had for Martyrium was actually through End Time Records in 2000. So that's six years later. But they still gained a reputation off this album, even being featured on a Raw Records uh, compilation with some songs from it. So they must have gained some sort of reputation through some sort of piracy that happened. Also, Antesta did appear on TV. And I believe that they were there just to uh, promote their album. They were on Bootleg TV in '94 on June the 3rd, which was on the television station TV Norg. Anywho, I, I don't know if you could ever get a hold of that episode again. If you could, I would very much like to see it because I haven't seen it. So please do message Reanimated Radio on Facebook with a link, perhaps, if you have time. Anywho, this song is, in my opinion, Jed Holmolny's best vocal performance. He is my favorite vocalist. Well, it is at least one of his best. This album definitely has uh, the most vocal variety, clean highs and lows, and uh, very powerful bass. Enjoy.
you will begin to notice that Intesta sounds quite a bit different per release. Uh, I think initially, obviously there was only a year between Despair and Martyrium, so initially you would hear uh, a lot of similarity, but uh, as time goes on, they generally just sound like almost a new band. I mean, they, they have a similar texture, similar songwriting, uh, but uh, they go through different veins. Following Martyrium about uh, in 97, Intesta recorded their uh, next full length. They just did it as a promotional album. It was called Kong's Blood and it had an uh, old Norwegian painting as its artwork. I believe it's a, a, a picture of uh, two people with uh, kind of like ski shoes or something. <laughs> it's a famous painting and uh, well what happened was uh, Cacophonous Records took them on and when they did uh, they started censoring some things, changing some things. They uh, immediately changed the artwork and the name of the album. The album was called Kongsport and was changed to The Return of the Black Death. Uh, which may seem a bit like an out of context name considering that uh, the album has nothing to do with the plague. <laughs> but, uh, oh, well, I guess uh, black metal was associated with uh, grim things like the Black Plague. Er. But uh, obviously the album has not anything to do with the Black Plague. And there was uh, even some censorship, uh, censorship in the lyrics. Uh, Martyr, or otherwise known as Giel Tomales, said that he, he did try to uh, meet a middle ground, although you will notice in the lyrics it's still very outwardly Christian. But uh, I do believe what he meant was uh, that he would not try to uh, perhaps shove it down people's throats so much. But uh, anyways, it would seem that uh, Antesta got a bit screwed over by the uh, Cacophonous Records. Uh, it would not seem that they got paid for it, and they sold tens of thousands of copies of that release which, uh, especially for uh, black metal bands with a Christian orientation, that is very good. I mean, considering death metal and black metal, there aren't many bands that go that big in the record sales. I recently noticed that uh, Carnifex released their new album. Uh, Carnifex is a, a bit of a deathcore band or a modern death metal band with a black metal influence. And uh, within one week, they did manage to sell 6,000 copies, which is very impressive. And uh, so even for the secular world, for the top bands, uh, it might be a bit hard to sell a good many copies. Modification is recorded uh, in selling 250,000 of, uh, I believe it was Scrolls of the Megaloth. But uh, this statistic for 10,000 records is pretty old and outdated for Intestor, so it's probably changed since. <laughs> that is nowhere my cat, if you can hear him. Anyways, he did not meow again. He just ditched me. Cacophonous Records is also quite well recognized for helping bands like uh, Cradle of Filth and Demon Porque to get their careers started. Unfortunately, uh, some of the most commercial bands associated with black metal. So perhaps, <laughs> I don't want to sound like a, a, a bad thing to say, but uh, perhaps it's the best that uh, Antesta did not receive success. Maybe they became... Uh, very commercial like Cradle of Filth and Demiburke and then I don't know I wouldn't call them black metal anymore <laughs> not that those bands uh, don't hold the potential although I don't think that Cradle of Filth is being black metal perhaps ever maybe that's just my opinion anyways this is off the return of the black death enjoy
And that was a sovereign fortress by Antester. This next album was uh, basically Antester's revival. When the band Fakavanjing broke up and multiple members came and joined Antester after key members of Antester, such as Jelso Molnes and Sven Sanders, left Antester. Uh, this was during 2000, I believe. And uh, then Antester kind of broke up and got back together. I think that uh, may have happened more than once that they've kind of broken up and gotten back together and just no one knew about it. Uh, perhaps best, perhaps then I can just say no, they never broke up. They were always together. Anyways, this is the first time Ronnie Hansen was doing lead vocals. I'm, I'm actually skipping out on the tap to live. My apologies. I'm actually going to run over my time limit this time around. So I'm skipping over the tap to live and going straight to the Forsaken which is uh, pretty much the same thing since they were recorded at the same time and uh, when the tap to live was released it was already predetermined that they would build a, a box case or whatever you call it where when you buy the forsaken it comes with an extra space for the tap to live to fit in and uh, obviously we all know that the artwork from the tap to live and the forsaken line up to be one big picture so it's basically uh, sort of the same thing, not really, I don't know. Uh, Sigmund was really the main feature in Tap to Live, uh, featuring his keyboard songs, which uh, really took Antester to a new direction, some consider symphonic black metal. This is also uh, an album, and including the EP, that uh, featured Hellhammer, or uh, Jan Axel Blankberg, from the one and only Mayhem, which, uh, as we know, had the member Euronymous in it, who wanted to kill Antester. So how's that for a bit of a, an odd twist of fate, or whatever you want to call it, perhaps not fate. But um, when uh, Hellhammer was asked how he felt about, uh, or what was his intentions, <laughs> uh, it may be a bit rude, I won't use the profanity that he used. Uh, he was asked in 2007 uh, how uh, let me just phrase this correctly. What does his Mayhem colleagues and the record company think about his participation in the tester? And he said, to be honest, and this is quotation marks, to be honest, it was a big F off to them all. I will repeat again that I decide what I do and I play not only black metal in not only in black metal groups. Well, I guess Hellhammer does not consider Antester black metal, but anyhow he played for Antester. And uh, we all know Hellhammer from Mayhem and Arcturus. Uh, he is a brilliant drummer. And he was offered to uh, join Antester just uh, perhaps to tour around. Uh, but as anyone knows, Hellhammer has like 5 billion bands that he plays in. So he could not. So when Antester did tour on uh, the Forsaken album initially, they had to use session drummers, which is quite unfortunate since uh, session drummers, I don't know, they don't seem to meet the quota of metal all the time. But uh, thankfully, uh, Joe Henning eventually joined in Tester, and he is just brilliant. But anyways, this is their, uh, also their most well-produced album, which is very unusual for black metal, since uh, most people associate black metal with being lo-fi. If you listen to uh, bands like Immortal, even uh, some of the more iconic or re more recent releases, will be raw but uh, this is quite well produced enjoy 
And that was the return by and tester of the Forsaken album. Now to go back to a point that I just made earlier, where I said I guess Helhammer did not associate Antester with being black metal. I will give you another quote that I just realized is there. <laughs> I actually read this and I forgot. He says, in my opinion, black metal today is just music. I will tell you that uh, neither I nor other members of Mayhem never really were against religion or something else. We were primarily interested in music. So that's a, a bit of an interesting quote uh, from Hellhammer. There are other musicians that uh, don't really care if religious people get into music, which uh, I prefer considering that uh, people consider uh, black metal to have a satanic ideology, which is anti-humanistic, but then they go on to let uh, pagan bands, Wiccan bands, uh, to write pro-humanistic lyrics and be positive and, I don't know, write about nature and stuff and maybe a little bit gloomy, but uh, it's, it's a bit of a contradiction. Uh, not to mention that uh, initially the first wave of black metal was not uh, so, uh, how should I say, uniformed. Uh, it was more vague, whereas the second wave was more uniformed and that was where the ideology truly came from. Although when you speculate and you look at uh, the first bands, not to get confused with the drummer, but the first band, uh, Hellhammer, which became Celtic Frost, uh, Sarcophago, and obviously Venom, they mostly did delve into satanic lyrics, but uh, they were never really altogether just uh, understood as a black metal scene as Sarcophago even went on to becoming technical death metal, so that just shows that. Anyways, though, I've totally run out of time, so I will play the last piece of the puzzle here from Antestor's The Omen album, which is a song called Treacherous Domain, which uh, shows that they maintain some of their style but uh, they did move towards a more raw sound on purpose. I mean, they went around four studios recording this. One studio for drums, one studio for guitars, one studio for like acoustic instruments, and uh, I believe maybe the last one was for vocals. So they could have headed this anyway. Uh, it does say that they were quite meticulous in their planning and uh, post-production of the album in seeing through how it was mixed and mastered. So if I think if they really wanted to be overproduced, it's really not that hard in today's setting, especially back then in 2012, when you consider things like, uh, well, they could have just resampled everything on the drums, uh, they could have reamped the guitars, and uh, who knows what else, you know, it could have sounded like digitally perfect, but they went back to a bit of a raw sound, which is, uh, as I said before, more of a black metal thing. Uh, fun fact, after they released this album, they went on to tour Brazil, uh, in which they went on to the city, I forget the name of the city in Brazil, it is the one of the main metal uh, capitals of Brazil where bands like Sepultura started, and uh, obviously having Sepultura start in a city would mean that uh, there's probably a very large metal scene there and a lot of metalheads. So what happened was a lot of metalheads gathered together outside the venue where Antester played and they started a mob and they uh, basically just shouted profanities out at Antester from the streets, though. They didn't go in. There's a YouTube video of it. They didn't go in. They, they, there's a whole bunch of them shouting in the streets, uh, F you Antester, F you Antester. And uh, when people come out, uh, they harass the people, perhaps kicking or pushing or just walking by them, shouting at them. There are multiple articles that say that the mob got so out of hand that the police that were there to protect Antester 
eventually had to uh, use gunfire into the air to disperse the crowd. However, I did not see that in the YouTube video. So, I mean, there are multiple uh, written sources that uh, certify this. So, maybe it's true, maybe it isn't. But, uh, nevertheless, I respect Tester for playing through. And this is the last song of the show. Let me just answer the question. Can Christianity be included in a genre name? Personally, I don't think so. Tester have gone through lengths to avoid such uh, debate as they now just call themselves extreme metal just to avoid it all I think that uh, the whole semantics of the thing is a bit silly uh, if you look at uh, things like Christian death metal, Christian black metal there is no sound that differentiates them in, in terms of uh, just an audio aesthetic if I listen to uh, Feast Eternal they sound like death metal if I listen to Crimson Thorn they sound like brutal death metal if I listen to Shadows of Paragon, it sounds like black metal. If I listen to who knows what, you know, Frost Daughter, it sounds like black metal. So, even as uh, the frontman of Frost Daughter said in uh, Nemesis Diviner, Light and Darkness documentary, it's black metal. <laughs> or as uh, Simon Rosen said in the same documentary, you need to listen to the music and then you decide. So, this is the last song of the show. Uh, thank you for listening. Oh, one more thing before I forget. Just because I say that Christian, uh, the term Christianity should not be included into the genre name does not mean that I think that bands should hide their Christianity. When I look at bands that hide their Christianity, it makes me think that they're just vague. And vague Christianity is probably the worst Christianity. I would prefer to go for, like, turn and burn, br fire and brimstone, then uh, someone who's like, uh, well, I'm not Christian. I just happen to be Christian. <laughs> I don't know, something like that. But uh, maybe I should develop more on the subject. Those are just some, some of my thoughts. This is the last song of the show. Thank you for listening to Reanimated Radio and Menorah Metal. God bless.